Hey guys, welcome back to Design System Proof Podcast. I'm your co-host Eduardo, joined alongside my brother Diego. What's going on, guys? Hey, so today's episode is going to be on crafting an identity that you align with and leveraging that identity as a reference point to help you make your day-to-day decisions. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, Diego, to start off today's podcast episode, uh, first question is, what is the difference between identity-based choices and normal choices themselves? Why should people focus on the former? So... Um, I think an interesting thing to understand is that a lot of people live their lives based on the way they feel. Um, and the choices we make usually go about those feelings. For example, um, after a hard day, well, let's say you're trying to lose weight and you know that you should be eating, you know, chicken, rice, eggs, whatever it is you want to eat. Um, and you know that that's the, it, the rational decision to make if you want to achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. But then when you come home from work and you had a really bad day at work, your emotions are just like, you know what? I had a really bad day at work. Let me get some comfort food. Let me order out. Let me do something. Because emotionally, you're just like, I don't have the discipline to make the decision to eat what I'm supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go about our lives making those decisions. Instead, though, if you had the identity that no matter what happens, like I will not let the priority of health be take this the back seat, no matter how I feel. So no matter what, as an identity, my identity, I will always eat for the betterment of my health. I'm a health conscious person. Exactly. And having that kind of mentality and identity will help you in making those decisions. So I also want to make a preface to before we go further into the conversation of the difference between mindset and identity. So it was a really interesting article that we'll include in the notes. I think you sent it over to me, Eduardo, when we discussed actually talking about this topic of identity choices. And it, it talked a little bit about mindset versus identity. And it said that mindset implies that we just reset it and opposed to our identity where we need to be transformed. So mindset, people always say, like, just change your mindset, man. Like, reset your mindset. And you always hear those things like you could do it in, like, a heartbeat. But identity takes a long time to change. It usually takes a very traumatic experience a lot of the times for it to change. I wouldn't say that. That was something that I actually learned. I'll talk a little bit about it. It was a... a, a a training that I took about becoming superhuman and creating confidence and a certain uh, uh, creating confidence and certainty on demand. And that's what they're talking about. A lot of um, identities change through trauma. I mean, a lot of the times, maybe, for example, you're an alcoholic and then you go through a traumatic experience of maybe you almost died because you crashed your car. Yeah, I could see that. But that's not the only way to change I know. it. But here's the thing. Like, there's different levels of traumatic experiences. Yeah. So for me, I'm I started to get more into fitness. And a traumatic experience, like I started to be more disciplined and I would look at the scale and the number would not go down. Like the number would just not go down. I was hovering between 203 to 206. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm tracking my calories. I'm under deficit. Like what the hell? Like why is it not going down? And I was so, so focused on that number. Mm -hmm. And then I took a picture in May and then I took a picture again in July and I looked at the differences and I'm like, oh shit, like. I've been changing and I didn't even know it because I was just going through the numbers. And when I saw those images, to me, that was a traumatic experience. Like, holy shit, like my body has been changing. And in my head, I was like, oh, this is like an emotional trigger. And after that, I got really into into working out. And then, you know, me now I'm like posting way more about me going on runs. I've done I'm starting a challenge now where I'm doing 100 miles in 30 days, like running like that. And that all came from like when I saw that picture, I was like, holy shit. And I kind of got addicted to that. I was like, oh, this is the identity that I'm going to take on now of, you know, focusing on my health and getting it to the, into the best shape as, as I can. I don't know if I'd use the word tra- traumatic experience for that. I'm the, only, the only reason I'm using it is because that's what they use in the course, okay. the training that I used. So you're just following the same 
yeah, the same verbiage that I learned. That that was actually the training that triggered the idea for this podcast mm-hmm. episode. So that's the reason I'm saying it. Um, basically, something you could use trauma because I mean trauma does sound pretty negative. So maybe you could just be like a pivotal moment. Yeah, like a pivotal moment where you're like, oh shit. Um, having that to change your identity is something, and that's something that you can't really trigger like right off the bat. Like someone who's saying, "Hey, man, just change your mindset." Man, you have to change your mindset on how you view money. And it's like, no, like a lot of the ways you view money is because of the childhood you were upbringing in. Like, how did your parents view money? Like, what were their money habits and all these types of things? Another traumatic, quote, unquote, traumatic experience was one time a friend was telling me, oh, yeah, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And if it all works out, I'll make an extra $10,000 a month. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, just another $10,000 a month, like no big deal. And he looked at me like, you fucking idiot. And he said, the reason you can't make more money is because you have you struggled normalizing it. Like you have to normalize money because if you put it on such a high pedestal, it's so above you that you feel like you can't reach it. Like it's going to take an exorbitant amount of effort to reach it and you don't have it within you to actually reach it. When you normalize money, you understand it's like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. And with that confidence, you'll be able to achieve it because it's just normal to you. It's like, yeah, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So that was like a pivotal, I'm like, oh, shit, like 100 percent right. So those are types of things. So examples for me, like I think that's a, a gr- great way to kind of preface it to like the way I view money is like it took me years to understand certain concepts of money and embed them into my identity. So one big thing was not correlating money with time because there was there was times where I was getting paid a lot of money, but I was barely putting any effort or time into it. And that was like an identity of I feel like I'm not worth this. Like why is someone paying me this much if if I'm not putting that much time into it. So what you're saying is like these things would come off as mindset shifts, but then they'd kind of shut off. Uh, but then over time, then these things just kind of like kept popping up in your mind and you started like living through mm-hmm. this mindset. And it, I mean, it still, I guess, could be seen as a mindset, but now it's part of your identity where you're like, I view this as this. Yeah, exactly. And it's I like view an ongoing. Yeah. So, so nobody has to tell you switch your mindset because it's already like. It's part of me. It's yeah. defaulted to that. So so I guess the, the identity that I've now taken on is money is not a correlation with time. It's a correlation with value. How valuable am I as a person? And in my identity, I am an extremely valuable person, which means that it doesn't matter how much time or effort I put in. That doesn't mean I make more or less or more money. It's based on, you know, correlation with value. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things like that. Um, and then there's like a quote that says, if you leave choices up to chance based on how you feel instead of based on the identity you want to live up to, you'll become the person you feel to be rather than choose to be. And that's not a consistent way to live because your feelings are up and down, up and down as you go through life. Yeah, like it's, it's just it's extremely really unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it usually trends down way. So like, if you're feeling bad and you make bad choices, then you're probably going to feel worse, which is going to make you make even worse choices and so on and so far in that downward spiral. Um, a really good book um, that I recommend everyone read it. I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast is psycho cybernetics. And that whole book is about helping in, in there in the verbiage of that they use self image as identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about how to craft your self image to be one that, lives up to the person you want to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a quote that says, a person cannot rise above how he sees himself. And I was like, wow, that's actually extremely powerful. It said, all the actions, feelings, and behaviors, even your abilities are always consistent with how you view yourself, which is your identity. 
You will always act like the sort of person you conceive yourself to be. You can literally, you literally cannot act otherwise. Your identity is the foundation upon which your entire personality, behaviors, and even your circumstances are built on. But the thing it's important to understand and what the book tells you is that you can change your identity because your identity is based on your thoughts, beliefs, and interpretations of life. This is why it's so important for you to really monitor your thoughts and beliefs that you let into your mind. So that's why a lot of the times we always talk about like, you really need to embrace boredom or like do these types of things where you sit alone in a room by yourself, like, and think about what the hell are going through your minds and like actually process shit. I think you shared it one time. It's like pain plus reflection equals progress from mm-hmm. Ray Dalio. I think that reflection part is what a lot of people are missing nowadays. Yeah. Cause it's like, as soon as you get bored, then you're like, okay, I want to like consume some more content. Yeah. And you don't give yourself time, the, the space to actually reflect on what you've already consumed and your experiences. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the times that pain that we suffer in life becomes our identity as well. If we don't reflect upon it in a healthy way. Yeah, I guess I could see like maybe something bad happens to you and then you feel a lot of shame or, or something. And or it, it becomes like it a becomes like a victim mentality sometimes too. Like well, I identify as a victim because these pain, pain painful things have happened to me. I feel like you have to be careful with what happens to you in life because I feel like a lot of times people will take on this identity of shame and stuff mm-hmm. when in reality it's like maybe they went through something tough, but just because that doesn't define them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's where the reflection part happens. And I like, I suggest also like therapy, have somebody there to kind of like question you. Cause sometimes your thoughts, you have to be careful because you can go into, um, kind of like spirals. Yeah. In your own the thing, thoughts. The thing I, that therapy is really good for is that like what you just said, you go into spirals of your own thoughts and it's really hard to pull your emotions out of it. Yeah. And the whole point of this is really trying to basically take your emotions by the horns. I feel like this is like a topic for another podcast episode, but it's kind of like everybody has like an under underworld version. Like their experience has kind of created some subconscious programming in their head mm-hmm. and it kind of goes unchecked. And then once you go to therapy or start reflecting, sometimes you can tap into that. But you have to be careful. And I feel like the therapist is kind of somebody who understands kind of better how the underworld looks like for an individual. And they can kind of help guide you through it so you don't get lost in yeah. spiral. Thoughts. Well, I would argue that your identity is your subconscious. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a habit. Yeah, exactly. So I guess now I guess my response to the question is normal choices are ones that you have to think about like consciously mm-hmm. and it takes willpower to make those decisions. And I view identity-based choices based on what I've researched for this art, um, podcast episode is they're choices that are like your default responses, your yeah. autopilot, so subconscious basically your habits. Yeah, um, You're the one that came up with this idea. So I, I was like, I don't really know much about identity-based choices. So when I like learned about it, I'm like, oh, this kind of like seems like habit formation. Yeah. Um, and the identity is formed based on various factors like your interests, your likes, your dislikes, your talents, your abilities, your values, your beliefs, your goals, and honestly, like your environment, like as a huge influence on yeah. your identity. Environment's crazy big. Yeah. So what 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 makes up your identity is like a, a like so many factors, um, and a lot of it happens like based on where you grow up and stuff. But once you become more conscious about okay, um, I want to craft my identity to this then that, that takes effort. Mm-hmm. But then eventually over time, once you craft it, then becomes like autopilot to, to live that lifestyle with whatever identity you align with. Yeah. So um, 
if you craft your identity to one that will lead you to, uh, let me step back, I'll rephrase. Basically, you, if you're like conscious about what identities you align with, and then you use your willpower to kind of craft uh, your environment, uh, both external and internal, to help you kind of create the habits that align with that identity, eventually over time, you'll be able to like kind of like auto respond to decisions that align to the identity you aligned with. So you don't really have to think about it. So it's kind of like autopilot and it doesn't take willpower. Yeah. Like for as me, much as before. A hundred percent. Like for me, I'm like, I've now kind of built the identity of, I'm just a morning person who goes to the workout in the morning. Like yeah. first thing I do in every morning is wake up, take a shower, get ready, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. That's my identity. Cause I know that that's the best way to start the day. And it usually tends to make my days go a lot fucking better, a lot more productive, a lot more energy, just overall better. And I have a more confidence, a better self-image, and my overall identity improves from it. Mm. Um, so I've built that identity of I am a disciplined person who goes to the gym every morning. Yeah. So I guess recap, for me, normal choices are basically choices you have to think about, and it takes more willpower to actually execute on. Whereas identity-based choices kind of like autopilot responses because you've already crafted your identity, like day after day and kind of like forged it and and it takes time it's kind of like a chisel and a rock to, yeah. to make the, the identity you want to see yeah and Which, once you finish it then it, it's kind of ingrained in you so it's like an auto respond like yeah. oh what's today monday oh, i'm gonna go to the gym you don't have to think about should i go to the gym no no i'm gonna go to the gym yeah which kind of goes back to the point of like the difference between identity and mindset because a lot of the times people like change your mindset like instant like instant i was about to say instant gratification but more of just like in an that moment. instant moment like mm -hmm change your mindset on money like okay yeah i'm just gonna let go of all the beliefs i've, I've developed throughout my entire childhood which yeah. is like money like no it's gonna take a while mm -hmm. um and the, the analogy you gave of just like chipping away and creating like the perfect sculpture of your identity like you have to chip away slowly yeah you know, it's not something that you do instantly. it's like you have to work in the conscious realm to kind of chisel and break through the subconscious realm yeah because that subconscious shit is wired in. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta really really get it it's like there. you can't just change that stuff like Dated like one day to the next that one takes more time at yeah. least from my experience i guess in the article they said they did a really good analogy where it's like i think they said like there's a, a wire but when you oh. cut the wire there's a bunch of like smaller wires it's a within. cable and the cable yeah. has a bunch of single wires in, uh, yeah. in it so It'd after be every habit you build or every time you you establish a habit let's say you go into the gym and let's say every day for 30 days you go to the gym every morning you're laying one one wire within yeah. the cable uh -huh. and one wire so soon if, after 30 days that cable is going to be thick because mm -hmm. it's going to be have so many wires within it mm -hmm. so it'll become your identity in that sense yeah so you're basically every time you're doing a new habit that you're trying to develop that will be the identity you want to achieve it's you just laying down it's a like wire. you're reinforcing yeah the decisions that align with your identity mm -hmm. all right yeah let's go to the second uh question for today's podcast episode and that is how have you used identity-based choices to impact your life in a positive way? So this podcast episode came after I took, like I said, mentioned before, it was a training called Becoming Superhuman and Creating Confidence and Certainty on Demand. What and was one, that course about? Um, I guess like over high overview. Gonna talk about it right, All right now. All right. <laughs> uh, one big take, I'll talk about the big takeaways of it. One of it was it talked about how human nature avoids change. So human nature doesn't like change and think about like when you at your job when they're like hey we got to change this new software 
mm-hmm. even if the software is better and it's going to make you so much more productive you're just like fuck and the first week while you're learning you're like why the hell did we even change this like what we had before was better like oh okay like all these sorts of things mm-hmm. and then once you get past that pain of change then you're like oh yeah i actually really like this thing mm-hmm. so in that sense it's like you have to go through that pain for it to become your identity in some point mm-hmm. in that sense so one thing that i said is if your choices are not congruent with your identity, then you'll be fighting against your human nature to avoid change. So your human nature will not create drama if it views something as normal. So basically, he was talking about how if something is not normal to you, it, it, that which basically means it's not congruent with your identity, your human nature will create drama. It'll be like, oh, no, no, like, don't do that because of X, Y, and Z. You're like, if you're going to start a business your human nature is like, I have to make sure I have an LLC. I have to make sure I have this together. Like it makes a huge big deal about starting a business when in reality, it's just like, no dude, just try to sell a product. Like just, just put a website up and don't make a big deal out of it. But your human nature tries to avoid it's like procrastination in that sense of it trying to avoid itself. However, if it views something that is, uh, that's not normal, it will create uncertain, unnecessary drama that will hold you back. So the way to actually make it seem natural is that it has to become normal to you. Kind of like what my friend told me about money. He's like, you need to normalize money. That's how you achieve higher incomes. It's like, because it just becomes normal. And I was thinking about my my previous experience of like, when I, I'm, I'm pretty transparent with finances. Don't sue me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, when I first started at the company, I was making 50K. Mm-hmm. And then I bumped up to 60. And then I did a big jump from 60 to 80. Mm-hmm. And that 20K bump, I was high for like three days. And then after I was like, all right, this is normal. Like, I was like uh, high as in like, I was like, damn, man, I'm making 80 K now. Like what the hell? Oh, like, like you're hyped up. Yeah. You're hyped up and all these. And then I was like, hedonic oh, treadmill hit. yeah, exactly. Uh, hedonic treadmill. It's just like, it just becomes normal. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I hit six figures in a week or so, it's going to be like, all right, whatever. And then so on and so forth. Cause I was reading something that said dopamine is the hormone that will never be content. Or not the hormone, the the molecule that would never be content, mm. uh, because does dopamine makes you want more of something, because you're always craving more and more. Your body's never satisfied with dopamine; it always wants more and more. So that's kind of like the same as like with the money and the hedonic principle overall. It's just like you're always going to want more and more. It's like peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um. So again, the way to make something feel natural is to make it feel normal. And when someone something feels normal, it just becomes a part of your identity. And um, a great way to kind of create, and that's when he started talking about like how to make something normal. And he talked about making creating like traumatic experiences and stuff like that. But then that segued into him trying to sell a product about how to create traumatic experiences. So I was like, <laughs> as a marketer, I respect you. I got value from this training, but I'm good from here. Yeah. Um, but it was like a really interesting idea of just like, I think the key point of how human nature avoids change Mm -hmm. and how change is basically something or, or avoiding change means that it's not something that's normal to your identity. So a way to kind of use leverage human nature is to make something normal Mm -hmm. and become part of your identity. The new normal, the new normal. Exactly. And, um, another exercise, um, that I, that I did a, a while back was called the morning formula. So basically, this took a long time. This is not something that you do in like, you know, a day or something. It take, took me probably like two weeks to do it because I would do it and then I'd wait a day, come back and be like, all right, let me read this again. No, I, that is not right. Like you have to continue to revise it. And then every year I usually update it. But basically what it is, is you choose areas in your life that you want to focus on. For me, it was like fitness, 
or health, um, self-image, like how I dress, how I present myself in the world, um, career and business, finances and relationships. Um, so those are the areas. And then basically you write down the identity of the person you would be if you achieved what you want in those areas of your life. And you write it down as if you already achieved them. So Diego is in the best shape of his life. He wakes up every nor- every morning full of energy, ready to go to the gym because that's just what he does because he's a fucking kick-ass person or some shit like that. So you write that down and you do every area of your life. And then the, the reason it's called the morning formula is because every morning you read it. So it be- embeds the identity of who you're trying to become. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward throughout the day, you know what those decisions need to be done, be made in order to achieve that identity because that's becoming like ingrained within you. You're kind of like rereading it. So it becomes you're trying to part break of your into subconscious, subconscious Yeah. Um, and it really helped. I mean, shit. Sometimes you don't want to think about it, but then um, you look back and you're like, holy shit, like I'm actually kind of achieving a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just, again, it's just part of your subconscious. It's not something you consciously do or even notice. And I feel like you're tapping into the feelings too, because you, you're describing in your morning formula how you feel. Yeah. So yeah. you're kind of like getting, it, it creates like a, a force that pulls you rather than yeah. you feel like you have to push yourself. Yeah. There's things of like, for example, how I present myself in the world. He's like calm, cool, collective, and assertive. Mm. Um, he goes after what he wants. He doesn't let other people take their, or other things are like he values his time and doesn't let time-sucking vampires try to manipulate him or something like that. So there's things like that where it's like you you really try to become the identity of the person you want to want to live up to. Um, and the way I've recently been using identity-based choices is with my fitness goals. Um, and one thing I did is I know psychologically we all want to live up to the image we portray to the world and to society. So I use that and that, that knowledge to my advantage. So I basically put on Instagram, I'm doing 100 miles in 30 days. Let's see what happens. And then every day since then, I've been posting like, it's kind of like social, yeah. social accountability. Exactly. So then now I'm putting that identity out there mm-hmm. of like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about. And now psychologically, I want to live up to that. Because if I don't, then it's going to show everyone like, oh, he's a quitter. He's like something like that. So I'm kind of like so using society and like that law, that psychology to reinforce my identity. So that's how I've been using it so far recently. That's cool. Uh, so for me, uh, how I kind of use this identity-based choices, I guess like now that I realize it and then how I've, it's kind of like I've been doing some of this stuff, but then now I've that I've learned about identity-based choices after researching for this podcast, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how this, they said to do this and I'm kind of already doing that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of self-development kind of really weighs into each other. Yeah. Like there's just different names. Uh, so for for what I've learned is uh, first you have to identify as someone that you would like to be. Uh, and then from there, you create an environment that will promote that. Yeah, 100%. So this is both externally and internally. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I want to like be a, someone who identifies as a cyclist. Uh, basically, that's like my, my hobby and that's a form of exercise I like to do. So I... In order to promote this, I create an environment where it becomes easier to cycle. So I have my bike right there ready to go. I have my my helmet, my clothes, like ready. Your apartment is close to a trail. Yeah, my apartment's that wasn't unintentional, but I know. Amen. it worked out. <laughs> Subconscious identity, <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> uh, so I create an environment that promotes that. And that's what I can promote or that's what, what I have control over. The the article that uh, I sent Diego that I read that was really interesting on this topic was that you can only control 
like certain parameters, uh-huh. uh, like your subconscious stuff. It's like, that's really ingrained. So what can you do to kind of like influence that? Well, you can control your external environment and your internal environment. So external, I just gave an example. I want to cycle. So I put my, my bike and all my equipment like readily available. Like I, I see it every day. Like I'm, I'm at, when I'm at my apartment. Yeah. Uh, and then internally, Diego talked about his morning formula, which I have not done, but that's a, that's a form of internal controlling his internal environment because he's feeding his, his mind, what he wants to feel and how, how it's going to like impact him in positive ways. And that's influencing the internal uh, environment inside of his head. So Mm -hmm. using these two approaches, it helps you sculpt into the identity you want to. And these are conscious decisions you have to make so these aren't identity-based choices at this point but over time they they start to become habits and the habits will form your identity and then once you have your identity formed then you don't really need to have the best environment Mm -hmm. like for example i could have my bike but maybe i'm not at a place that has a lot of trails or places i like to cycle but i have the discipline as uh, as a cyclist that I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go drive somewhere. Yeah. The fact that you're like, I like cycling, so I'm going to figure out how to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Or figure something else out. Another example is like, I'm currently a vegetarian, so my apartment doesn't have any meat products. Um, and that's been something I've been doing since like 2016. Yeah. So I think it's 2016. I'm not sure. But now like if I'm in an environment, like for example, I go out with friends and there's like meat options I, I just don't eat it because yeah. that's it, already ingrained into and me. It's not discipline because you're just like, oh, they just that just don't. The analogy I always give is, I mean, we're not big drinkers. Mm-hmm. Like our family wasn't really big drinkers or that parents didn't drink. So when we go out, a lot of our cousins are big drinkers though. Mm-hmm. And they kind of grew up in that environment and, you know, adopted those habits. But when we go out and we're like, nah, I don't want to drink. Like I'll be the, I'll be DD, you know, yeah. <laughs> something like that. And they're like, dude, like how do you have the discipline to, to not drink? And like, you know, do, I'm like, just, just don't want to. Yeah, and that's ultimately like the the place you want to be at, um, aligning with the identity that you want to. Mm-hmm. And then, like Diego said, you're at some party, for example, and Diego and myself are not big drinkers. We'll drink once in a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they got palomas, I'll take one, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a Mexican um, drink. I'm not a big beer person, though. My but, neighbor gave me a stout, and it's been there for like a year. <laughs> So once you get to that point, then it becomes easy to kind of execute on those decisions. You don't really have to think about it. Like, yeah, no. it's kind of autopilot. You want a beer? No. Not it's good. like you don't have to think about it. Yeah. Give me water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like the point that, or that's the, the phase where you want to kind of be at um, for all your different identities. So if you identify someone who wants to save money or has an emergency, like, fun, mm-hmm. then your day-to-day conscious decisions will uh, like yeah. build up to it and then eventually it becomes second nature yeah because the identity i have is i'm a risk averse person like i always want to be prepared for worst case scenarios so mm-hmm. that identity is what fueled me to save money and save up an emergency fund in case some shit happens aka the probably the current recession we're in so for me i'm um, going back to the question how have you used identity-based choices to impact your life in a positive way so for me i kind of st- figure out what identities I align with or aspire to ha- to kind of become. Yeah. And then I control my environment uh, to help me kind of... Uh, Reinforce that identity. Yeah. Yeah. Like over time. Mm-hmm. 
um it's kind of like a plant like initially like you grow a tree or something and it's it's not very firm in its roots and you know wind can push it left and right yeah so you you put it in an environment where it can grow but then over time the trunk like is it it's trunk right yeah i don't know why i'm like blanking on roots, like terminology trunk, yeah um <laughs> it starts to get stronger and then the wind will push it and it'll take it'll take a lot more wind to kind of push it over mm-hmm. because it's already like establish its foundation yeah and it's like its whole system its core so that's kind of how i view identity-based choices yeah i agree once it becomes part of your identity it's really hard to change yeah it's not impossible but it's harder yeah um all right yeah let's go to the last question how would you recommend someone to go about creating a foundation for identity-based choices um so for me i really like the morning formula document that i created so that's where you basically lay down a bunch of your principles your values and who you want to become as a person from an identity standpoint um in different areas of your life like i said there's health um you know finances career business self-image relationships but there's other things too like if you really want to improve yourself in the community like you want to be you know more of a community advocate or something like that um spirituality like if you're big in religion what area do you want to do like you know, how do you want to serve your religion? How do you want to practice your religion? And, you know, have the identity of a religious person. So there's different types of areas that you want to focus on. Um, a really good book that I recommend is Maybe It's You, which talks about 12 different areas. I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Some The ones that I've mentioned so far are, are some of them. Um, but it's basically about like prioritizing those areas in your life that you really want to improve in and then writing down in a document the identity you want to have in order to achieve the the success in those areas and achieve the identity you want to achieve in those areas. Um, and then once you have that document, read it every morning and really, really embed that thing into your, into your head to the point where you could kind of start to read the document verbatim. Like there's some, there's some times where I'm reading the document where I'm just like, all right, I'm like kind of like reading it. I've memorized it mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, or times where I'm struggling through something and I'm like, Oh, in the document, I talk about this. So I have to make sure that I make a decision like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one is going to help you really connect a lot of your choices to the identity you put in that document. Um, and I, I also want to make a note that this is going to be something that takes a lot of deep thinking. It shouldn't be something you complete in, you know, 30 minutes. Um, you have to really, really think about what is the identity you want to have in these li- in these areas of your life. Um, and then proofread a lot of it. You know, I feel like you should also kind of vet it. Is this something I really want to do? Or is it because yeah. that's what society says? Exactly. Like, I need to be a rich person. Like, yeah. okay, well, like what's rich for you and why do you want to be rich? Yeah, like, like I want to I own kind a of, yacht. I, okay, do yeah, you really yeah, like? I know. Do you really want to? I get really annoyed when people are like, "I want to be a billionaire," and I'm like, I feel like, I feel like people who become billionaires. I mean, I could be wrong, but people who become billionaires, a lot of the times, it's more than just the money. What do you mean? Like Elon Musk, for example, mm-hmm. he did that because he wanted to change the world, and the things he did happened to help him become a billionaire. Yeah, like there's a drive that has to be more than just money. If you mm-hmm. want to reach that status. And also like to become a billionaire, you have to fucking like change the world in some way. And that's like really, really like th- that takes a special type of person. And a lot of the times reaching that aspect of your like being super successful in that monetary area of your life means the detriment of other areas that might be prioritized yeah. by you. You'd have to like see like, am I willing to sacrifice these other areas for yeah. this? And like not I, everybody wants to. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Like I, I know I don't want to achieve that i'm of the opinion like i'm not going to put any self-limiting beliefs by saying i don't want to achieve it Mm -hmm. 
because then I think it's like, hey, man, if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. I'm more of that belief. I'm just going to continue to be as valuable as I can in the society, learn the best skills that I can and the things that I enjoy and love doing. And no matter how much money I make, like I will not limit myself of saying like, I don't want to reach a million dollars. I don't want to reach 10 million. It's like yeah, yeah, if it happens, yeah, it happens, you, you know, yeah, yeah. but I will not let it be of the detriment of family. I won't let it be in the detriment of friends. Like you're not like at these. the point like, I want to be a millionaire at, at like whatever cost. Yeah. You're more like, I'm going to work. Oh, I happen to be a millionaire. Cool. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do it at a pace that allows me to still prioritize the thing that I value. Yeah. Like for example, if it's like, oh, by working so much to become a millionaire is going to cost me to like not, not spend time with family, exactly, not spend no. time with my nephew. No. I'm like, no, I'm not willing to no. make that change because, or sacrifice. Yeah. Because then I'm like, I want to make sure that our nephew has me around so that I could teach him stuff too. Mm. Or when I have kids, like, uh, like I've always told myself, like, I want to be a soccer coach to my kid or something like that. Soccer dad, I know, showing up real. at the minivan. I'm be like, hey, if we can you <laughs> juggle food? <laughs> I'll pull up in the, in the Sienna. <laughs> it's like shop tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like those types of things where like, I will not compromise because I value those things. Mm-hmm. Um, also too, like, um your significant other like i want to spend time i want to go on date nights i want to do like all these types of things and invest in that relationship too but then at the same time like those areas also have to be set in a certain way where i also do want to prioritize my career so everything is just about balance in my sense like you want to grow at a healthy state because i feel like a lot of times people want to are in a rush to like hit a monetary value or something but they do it in a way that basically is a detriment to everything else there are a lot of areas areas So that's why uh, it's going to take more than a couple minutes to kind of go through this. Because it's like, okay, what is it that I want to identify as? And then really like vet it. Is this something I truly want or is it because society says this is cool? Yeah. And sometimes it takes months to to like, for example, in career and business, one of the things in the document was for me, it was based around me in the position of paid media manager. Mm -hmm. But then I I realized six months into the position, I was like, this is not what I want to do. So then I had to re-go back to, to that area of the document and be like, all right, what do I want in my career now? So I was like, all right, that wasn't it. So now I'm, I'm like rewriting it right now. Mm. Um, so that's what's going to happen. Like a lot of the times your identity will transform. New yeah. new doors are going to open. We're like, oh, I didn't realize this about myself last time when I wrote this. So now that I have this new piece of information, let me update it. And mm. it's just going to continue to change. So I don't think that this is going to be a set in stone document. I think what should be set in stone is the values and principles behind it. But in terms of like outcomes of like, you know, a job position, a monetary value, maybe um, like those types of tangible things that could change based on like what happens in your life. Don't be surprised if those types of things change. Do you have like resources that you plan on putting on the show notes for this? Um, I could share uh, my notes on how to create the morning formula. I think I shared them with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just do that. All right. Uh, And then. I think it might be YouTube morning formula or something. You probably get some resources. Uh, no, that was a private training that I had. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's basically, it's on, it's, it seems like it's just like a glorified vision board in a sense. But yeah. More, more um, here's the thing in marketing. If you want something to work, you got to give it a name. Vision uh, board's too vague. And a great example of that is P90X. P90X is just a fucking workout plan, but mm-hmm. they gave it a system name of P90X or Insanity was another workout program, but mm-hmm. they just gave it the name of Insanity. When something has a brand name to it, it feels more tangible and it feels more like a system and you're more likely to do it. I see. So they kind of like, they get this package that everybody knows and put some new, um, yeah, new label on wrap. it. Think about it. Atkins diet, fucking uh, paleo, uh, what's the other keto. A lot of it is the same shit. 
yeah. a lot of it is I, I, some of them do overlap. some of them like they, they overlap you know mm-hmm. um but it's all just a new name because the reason they do that is because people want a, a new thing mm-hmm. like if you try to sell p90x right now people are gonna be like oh it's kind of old mm-hmm. but if they gave if they had the same exact program just give it a new name people will think it's new and they'll buy it i think you're the one telling you about like wine that they had two wines of the same, like it was exact same wine, but they said one was like fifty dollars, and then their one was five dollars. And then pe- people who tasted the fifty dollar wine said, it, "Oh, it actually tastes better." Yeah, and it's like, no, you sound stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same wine, bro. Actually, I don't know. That... That's not the same concept, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I did yeah, tell yeah, you yeah, that. Pinche <laughs> 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 guardo. Uh, but it kind of goes into the psychological, like that's marketing, man. It's all psychology. Okay. So basically, it's a glorified vision board in a sense. Yeah, basically, it's a glorified vision board. All right. Uh, so, wait, did you have anything else? Or? No, no, that's basically it. All right. So my recommendation for someone to go about creating a identity-based choices is uh, first, like Diego mentioned, identify or think of the identities that you want to align with and then ask yourself like why you want to align with those identities. So for example, like a cyclist or a person who saves for his future, a person who enjoys reading, a vegetarian, I'm a general focus worker. Like when I work, I work and kind of like, maybe you're not uh, successful in this, like all the time, but you can like strive towards that direction. Just but really think about what is it that you want to identify with and why. Mm-hmm. And spend spend some time on this because yeah, that why really matters. Yeah, because you don't want to like work towards an identity that you realize that you know why I just chose this because society said yeah. this is cool, but I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once you identify your identities, then create an environment that will promote those identities. So, for example, a person who enjoys reading. You want to create an environment where you have books readily available that you find interesting, block off access to the internet or other electronics for a time period so you can like spend time reading. Maybe you have like a couch that you like to sit at to read. Go to a coffee shop, whatever it is, yeah. And then um, this basically creates an ideal environment for someone to read. And then over time, once it becomes more um, like part of your identity, it starts to like fully form. And you'll be in situations where maybe there's a lot of distractions, but you're still able to read. Yeah. Because you've built that habit. You laid down that wire in the cable. Yeah. And then when it comes to the environment, remember it's both external and internal. So mm-hmm. maybe create like a vision board or this glorified morning formula, which is a glorified uh, vision board. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and or from what it seems. And um, then it'll help you kind of use your willpower to make those conscious decisions to read uh, day after day, which over time will then become part of your identity and they become like autopilot decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my my recommendations. Something else I want to kind of point out was like be mindful that as you progress in life, some of the things you identify as may no longer appeal to you and you can change up things in your identity with and basically start over the pro- start the process all over again uh, by creating the environment internal and external that help you kind of align with these new identities so they become kind of second nature um, in the future. So basically, mm-hmm. once you identify something, that doesn't mean you have to carry that on for the rest of your life. Things happen, you know, like you start families or maybe you don't align with something anymore. Maybe you drop out of college. Yeah. <laughs> like Diego was like, oh, I want to be a mechanical engineer. And it starts yeah. working towards that. And then it's like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Yeah. And then switched over to computer science. Yeah. And after that, switched over to web design and marketing. Yeah. Sometimes like new information comes out and uh or some event happens to you mm-hmm. and makes you like realize you know what i don't really care about this anymore yeah and that's fine 
That's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. I think I when people say identity, I feel like they think it's like concrete for the till the end. Mm-hmm. Like that is my identity, but now I think identity can be uh can be can be changed. It depends on your circumstances, it depends on what you're going through in life. Mm-hmm. Um and it also depends on new information that you get. Yeah. So yeah, like always have that in mind. Because I think that's that that's what the analogy that Naval said. It's like a lot of the times people climb mountains. Uh, the analogy is like it's like people are mountain climbers and they go up a trail and then realize two thirds of the way up that they went up the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And they would rather just stick there than climb all the way back down to start from zero and then climb back up. It's like time sunk fallacy, I think. Yeah, sunken cost fallacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the more time or effort you put into something, the more likely you're going to stick to it. That's why people stay in toxic relationships because part of their identity is I'm I'm part of this relationship. Like this is my you know that type of thing. Um, also, that's all. Know, that's that, well. That is it. Is, that is something cost fallacy. Is like the more time you put into a relationship, the more likely you'll be into it. And it's also, I think, like, well, I would say, like, also uh, would be like fear of change. Yeah, which also you um, don't know what else is exactly. And earlier, I was talking about how change is going resistant to your, change. Yeah. Resisting change is part of your identity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are all things like you have to understand. It's like, hey, man, a lot of the times the changes you're going to make to your identity are going to be resistant to what you want to do. I guess if you kind of visualize, like if you view change, it's kind of like entering a new area, like let's say a forest and no one's really explored this area. Mm-hmm. So then it's kind of scary and you're resistant to it. Yeah. But a lot of times you find really interesting things. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's always a potential. Yeah. But if you don't, then you're stuck for sure with whatever you have. And sometimes what you have is not working for you. Um, I mean, so I, that's some, some... I remember hearing Jordan Peterson saying he's like... Um, Shouldn't people be scared to make big changes in their life, like leaving their job to start something new? He's like, yeah, they should be scared. It's a big risk. Mm-hmm. But you should also be scared of staying there and living a life where you do something you hate yeah. and you regret. So it's like, hey, man, you're going you're gonna to be ignorant and not climb back down the mountain to start back from zero just so you can go up the right path? Or are you just going to you know, stay there? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into that decision, but that's something definitely to keep in mind. Like... Uh, if you're at some place where you're not happy, are you willing to kind of just push that through the rest of your life? Or are you willing to take the the risk and yeah, try to like go through a new course um, and have some change in your life? Yeah. Cause no one's going to do it for you, man. That's, that's all, that's all you. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, any additional things you want to say, Dio? No, I think we can go straight into call to action. All right, you want to share the call to action for today's podcast episode? Yeah, so basically the call to action for today is going to be to create your own glorified fucking vision board. Diego <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so, so this is a morning the, formula, bro. This is the best. I'm like, dude, that just sounds like a vision board. <laughs> no, 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 no. That shit different. <laughs> that shit different. Uh, so basically uh, the call to action is in a document, um, aka the morning formula, uh, write out the identity of the person you truly want to be. And don't think of this as just a monetary success of like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be the head of, you know, like a VP of sales or VP of like, sure, write those things down 100%, but it's more than just that. It's how do you carry yourself in the world? How much confidence you have? Are you an assertive person? Um, how do you present yourself physically? Like what, what, like what I have in mind is I have pictures of people in like 
really nice suits or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a nice fit. I'm like, I want to dress like that, those types of things. What are the habits that you have? Like, how do you, how do you uh, wake up in the morning? What are the morning routines you follow? All these types of things. What are the priorities you have in life? Like, you value family, you value friends, you value profession, like all these types of things. And more importantly, I have a, another section at the bottom of it where I just write out a bunch of principles and values. So what are principles and values that you will never compromise over? What are things you can continuously read to be like, all right, I will always live my life based on these principles and values. Um, so those are all questions that are really important because they are the inputs in life that will most likely achieve the outcomes of success. So those questions I have, like how do you carry yourself, how do you present yourself, the habits you follow, the priorities of your life, and the principles and values you have, the reason those are more important than the monetary or success outcome values is because if you get those things right, the outcome will be mon- monetary success or you know professional success or whatever it is you're trying to actually achieve. Um, the saying is, if you put in the inputs... If you put in the correct inputs, the outputs will take care of themselves. So that's the idea for that. And then once you have that document, now you actually have a written identity script for yourself. And when tough decisions come, which they will in life, you can always look back at this document and ask yourself, what would this person do? If I was lived, if I lived up to this identity written in this script, what would they do in this situation? Um, again, this document is going to take a long time to create, but once you really dig deep and understand what you truly want to become, not what society wants you to become. Then you save that document and read it every morning to remind yourself the identity you want to adopt in order to achieve the goals you want in life. Um, Another thing too, it's not written here, but another bullet point or question I would ask is what environments, I think that's a big point that you talked a lot about, Eduardo. What environments do you have to put yourself in in order to achieve the identity you want? What are the types of friends that you need to invoke yourself with? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, Do you have to like, for example, for me, an environment was moving out of my parents' house. Like I wanted to become an independent person, someone who's like can control my environment in that sense. Yeah, you're fortunately in a position where you're able to, you have enough resources to move out. Yeah. So there's like those types of things of questions of like, where are you going to put yourself? Also, like, I I would say like, just focus on what you can control when it comes to that. Yeah, 100%. Always focus on what you control. But I mean, I wouldn't sell yourself short to say that you can't control that. Like try to figure out a way to control that. I mean, because at the end of the day, at some point, you are going to have to leave the nest. But I mean, it depends, you know, where you're at in life. Um, but all I'm saying is like, those are the types of things you have to ask yourself um, in terms of inputs versus outputs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's basically the call to action. Is there anything else you want to say, Eduardo, before we go into the conclusion? Uh, I know I was saying that the morning pages is like a glorified vision board. And to an extent it is. But from what you showed me on your morning pages, it's like, a word document with like written text describing like the identity you want to craft and also pictures. So it's like vision board on steroids. Yeah. It's more written than visual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good point. Thanks. Thanks for correcting. (laughs) Thanks for insulting me and then uh, correcting your own. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. So for the conclusion today, uh, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode and found something of value, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the Apple Podcast or whatever platform you listen to on. If you think someone may find value in this episode, please share it with them. And with that being said, thanks for listening and catch you on the next one.